My name is Richa and I'm mean to Kevin. Hi, my name is Kevin and I have a podcast. On this episode of Why Do You Do That? My guest is Richa Prasad. Richa and I have been friends since 2015 and our friendship has definitely evolved over the years. We get into those details in the show and it was everything I was hoping it would be. As a note, we do swear quite a bit in this episode, so for whatever reason you don't want to hear that, maybe skip this episode. I won't mind. Rich was great and definitely one of my most trusted friends. Enjoy! Hello and welcome! My name is Kevin and as a reminder, I have a podcast, This Is It. My guest this week is Richard Prasad. Richard, my friend, welcome. I am so excited to have you on today, uh, mostly to talk about how you are mean to me, but I guess maybe... We were talking before we hit record. Uh, maybe it's not that you're mean to me. Maybe that you just call me out on shit. Um, I'm not really sure how we want to phrase that. Yeah, I I don't know. You just annoy me. So I guess I'm mean to you. I'll take your word for it. I mean, I don't... Here's the thing. And this is kind of why I want to talk about it on the podcast today. I, <laughs> I felt like saying Risha's mean to me is almost wrong because I've never, like, it doesn't, it, it feels like you, you give me a lot of shit for things and you call me out when I'm doing like dumb stuff. But I don't, I don't think there's like an inherent negative feeling behind it. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I mean, I actually, you actually do annoy me though. I'm not gonna lie, but no, I don't wish you ill will, of course not. Well, <laughs> Should we give everyone a background? You and I have been friends for, almost six years now six years seven years how old are we i'm almost 24 you're almost 25 mm -hmm. when did we start school i guess we were nine i was 19 i was 18 yeah almost okay. six, years six years yeah so, so we met our first semester of college um i i almost feel like this episode is going to be the most name droppy of any episode I've had so far, but we uh, we met our first semester of college. We were new members in an organization called PSEF, um, and yeah, we were we were a group of of six new members. Richa and I were, I guess, a third of that group. And Richa didn't really do anything for a couple of years, <laughs> and then she didn't got do anything. Oh my god. We, okay. I, was I was a slacker. You were a slacker. Yeah. Which I think probably feeds into the, the history of our relationship because right. I was extra. Yeah, I was the, uh, the biggest tryhard ever. Yeah. And as, and as a tryhard, I felt that everyone else should try harder. Mm -hmm. And Richa being a slacker at the time, I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's cool for her, but... I gotta, I gotta overcompensate or something. And then eventually you started doing more things. Yeah. And this is, this is just for the, our, the organization that we were in. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You were doing other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Then I got to be the tryhard. Yeah. You were, you definitely became the tryhard after after I had kind of had my tryhard moment mm -hmm. and then was 
in a, a state of retirement, uh, you definitely became the tryhard that everyone knew as the tryhard. Would yeah. you agree with that? Know me as that. Well, okay, yeah, I was just super into it, and I wasn't a slacker anymore. But I mean, I, I think you two get to a higher level with extra. Okay, but I also remember there were times like my senior year. Do you call it your senior year too? How does that work with a victory lap? Yeah, I call it my senior year, and then I call like my because I did five years, and then I call that last year my fifth year. Okay, so during our senior year. Uh, there were definitely times where I would just like hear stories of people being like, oh, Rich is gonna like call us out on it. Like Rich is not gonna be okay with the fact that we're not doing this. <laughs> oh my God. You know, or, yeah. or like you're planning for when you were public relations director, like you're, you're planning for things and like, oh, we're gonna have this structure. We have this thing going out. And everyone would be like, oh, Rich is going to love this. She's going to love this Gantt chart. She's going to, you know, all that sort of thing. And I think, you know, put a pin in the fact that you're making a Gantt chart um, for that, because I think that's going to come up later in the conversation. But like. Yeah, maybe I was a try hard. See? I did, put, I did put my heart and soul into that shit. Can I swear on your podcast? Absolutely. I mark every single one as explicit. I don't think we've ever actually needed it. Um, but given the uh, subject matter of this episode of you giving me shit, it's probably gonna come up pretty frequently. Yeah. Okay, can I talk about the first time though when I was really like, I hate this guy? Uh, I'm sensitive, can, can is, this, <laughs> is this gonna hurt me? No, it won't hurt you. I was just like okay. so annoyed with you. You've heard this right. before. Okay, so part of this organization that we're in, we give tours to people who are like prospective engineering students. I was sitting there minding my own business, talking to like these people from, I think they were from Iowa actually. I just remember the dad, no, no, they were from Indiana, but the dad graduated from what school is in Ames, Iowa? Is that University of Iowa? Iowa State. Iowa State, okay. Yeah, I remember that. And I literally remember this, I was talking to them and I think the one of the other moms came and sat with us and she's like, oh, is Harry's still open? And Harry's is a bar. And I was like, I mean, I, we, this was my freshman year. We had like just started. I think it was maybe my second semester. Um, so, but wait, wait, wait for it. Wait, okay. I'll wait let you go. Here. I'll let you go. So, um, and I was like, but I was like kind of just taken aback. We're like told not to talk about that stuff. And, you know, we're not supposed to talk about like drinking or anything, of course. But then I was like, I, I just kind of was like, yeah, Harry's is still open. And then I was gonna like say like, oh, but there's other things to do around there. Like I just kind of, and then Kevin out of freaking nowhere shows up and was like, Richa, why are you talking about Harry's? And I was like handling it. Wait, and time out. Happened. Okay, time go out. Ahead. That go is ahead. not how I remember that story okay, at how all. Do you remember it happened? memory for that kind of shit so let's see if you but okay so here's my thing I'm gonna tell you my side of the story and then I'm gonna okay. tell you why I think you might remember it that way okay all right we're gonna we're gonna do some psychoanalyzing on here but so from my perspective uh we were at this event and I was not actually like individually talking to any family because mm -hmm. we should note 
while this was our second semester in the organization, I was the director of outreach for oh, yeah. the organization at that point. Yeah, you were, you were. So, so I was kind of organizing the events a little bit mm -hmm. and directing families where to go. Like if they were interested in a certain major, I'd pair them up with a, a peace staffer who was in that major, that sort of thing. And uh, so I was just kind of walking around at times because if there was no family that hadn't shown up recently, you know, I would be clearing off tables or moving chairs around or anything like that. And so I just happened to be near Richa when somebody asked about Harry's coming up. And I think Richa responded exactly like to the T of how the outreach guide said to respond about something like that. And I don't remember saying anything. I do remember like smiling at it because I thought it was funny that somebody like, I just found it humorous of her, like her predicament was humorous that she was put in this place, relatively new at talking to families where she had to suddenly be like, uh, we, uh, there's, uh, people do drink, but there are other things you can do too, smile. And so I was smiling being like, wow, that was really funny that she had to do that. Not, wow, she brought up this conversation. And I feel like it was very possible that me just kind of being like, oh, that was funny, was not really aware of you being like nervous about answering that because you didn't come off as nervous. And so if you weren't confident over here i remember you totally interrupting me asking me richa why are you talking about aries did i just make that up in my head you know, you know what? I, i'm not gonna let you gaslight me no and i don't want to gaslight you so like <laughs> maybe that did happen but in not my head if i was like if i was if i brought it up which i don't remember it but it very well might have happened if i brought it up i feel like it was in an attempt to uh lighten the mood maybe but I'm also giving myself a lot of credit by saying that so maybe that's not true yeah anyways regardless of that what happened I was like I hate this guy I fucking hate this guy why is he getting in my business I'm handling it I'm doing this like I am a better tour guide than he is which isn't true actually because yeah. I was a tour guide had, you, had you given a tour at that point I had I think I gave one but I got lost in civil so that I stopped giving tours alone but anyways yeah but that kind of just fueled it all and then I was like this guy is such a try hard and anyways I think that's probably why I gave him shit he also not only were you outreach director but then he became president the next year of this or and I was just like I hate authority too and I, you're annoying. And Kevin is actually annoying. Like, ask anyone. Kevin is so annoying. <laughs> so uh, listeners, happened. if you if you find me annoying, please write in uh, and tell me that. I will take your silence, not as a fact that nobody listens to this podcast, but as proof that nobody finds me annoying. Okay, Kevin. True. Uh, so normally on the show, I break everything up into like school classes because i don't know it just kind of worked the first time i did it okay. so um i guess we'll start out with math class for this mm -hmm. and i wanted to talk about how frequently do you give me shit for things um what do you count as the minimum amount of shit that is possible to give like where do, where is your drawing the line between oh i'm 
calling this dude out or, oh, I'm just talking. Because I feel like maybe we have a different definition of where that line is potentially. Yeah. And then finally, uh, volume and velocity. So is it the sheer just quality quantity of the things you're saying or does it just matter that it's constantly there? Yeah, okay, I think it's changed over time. I yes. think since the beginning, it would happen a, a lot more often. Now though, I think it's still every time we talk, I give you shit. Like every, I, I, don't I would, think, I would say so. I yeah. think it's pretty rare that we're talking and I'm not saying a snide comment. Um, okay. So frequency is every time we talk volume is, it used to be a lot more. Now it's a little less. Well, we definitely see each other less. Yeah. But I think during our, I, yeah, I guess we just can't spend the whole conversation me giving you shit just because we have other things to catch up would on. You, would you say the density <laughs> is the density of shit in our conversations? Is it higher or lower now? I feel like it might be higher. Maybe. I think my quality of the shit that I give you has actually gotten better just because I, you know, you have to make it good if you're going to do it. So. I think that I think they're a little bit more clever. Yeah, I think it's more clever. I think now that we're out in the open about it too, I take it a lot less personally. Did you ever take it personally? Uh -huh. Kevin? Oh, so much. <laughs> what? Oh my god, I am so sorry. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh what? my god, it's actually very session. I am a sensitive boy. <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't think you would take it seriously. This is the first I'm hearing of this podcast. Am yeah. I a mean girl? No, see, but that's the thing. I don't think, I think I took it, I think I took it seriously, like, maybe not at the very beginning because I just didn't care. But then, like, at, at some point during, like, our sophomore year, like, my respect for you grew enough where it actually mattered what you said to me. And then I would just take in that feedback and internalize it. And then that really like it bothered me for a little while. But oh then I, I feel like by the end of our junior year, senior year, where we would just openly talk, like we were at the stage of like our relationship and our existence in our like friend groups that we could openly joke about the fact that you gave me shit for things and that like took the edge off of it a little bit mm -hmm. oh my god i am really sorry kevin no it's okay I'm sorry i actually i didn't realize that you actually cared <laughs> well no but i think it too was good i think it was good for me on like an emotional intelligence of myself understanding because um was i okay i do have a question am i the only person who ever has like kind of given you shit like that or what was i the only person giving you shit like that at the time um oftentimes either you were the only one that was giving me shit or you were the only one that was giving me shit that i cared about oh okay oh my gosh or, you are a really nice guy. I think that's why I gave you shit. I just felt like everyone was <laughs> you up so much. And I'm like, this guy needs to be brought no, down. I, I definitely, I definitely needed that. I needed yeah. to be brought down a peg. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like um, 
in a position, I mean, I'm I'm a white man. No one ever has said no to me for almost anything. And I I think having that development of being of having somebody who's just like constantly questioning every goddamn little thing that you do <laughs> and calling you out on it. Like I feel like that was really good for me to get that feedback and understand like yes, Richa is commenting on these things, but it's because she cares. And it's also good that I'm at least trying to take it in and like respond to this feedback, maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I also wonder, I also, I do want to say that just because, you know, something might have helped you in the long run, it is wrong for anyone to hurt anyone's feelings to make them learn like a lesson which I didn't realize I was doing at the time. But I also want to, I'm also wondering, do you think the criticism that I gave for you as a president, did you take that personally or did you take that professionally? Um, my biggest flaw in that presidency was that I took everything personally. Okay, right. Because I feel like most of the criticism I gave you at that time, at least, was about like professional stuff. Or oh, least, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. The work that we were doing. Yeah. Huh, okay, but I don't, I don't feel as bad. Yeah, no, I, I don't bring this up to make you feel bad. This is why, but I thought it would be good. Yeah, yeah you know, I think it's good that we know we're on the same page. Yeah, no, and when we were discussing, uh, when we were discussing topics for this episode, mm -hmm. and we were talking about, oh, we could talk about project management, or we could talk about your podcast, which we'll definitely talk about later in the end. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, or we could talk about how much you give me shit. And you're like, I don't think there's a full episode there. And I was like, no, I think it'll be therapeutic. And I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing, please don't pull up our text messages. But I think it's, I think it's, you know, something to, something to talk about. Do I do that often? I feel like I would do that with you. You 100% would bring that up. <laughs> um, which is funny though, because I also, I was listening to the latest episode of the PR show, which for the listeners, uh, it's Rich's podcast out there. Your question. Huh? Oh yeah, you never, you never answered my question on the episode. Uh, Paul promoted it at the beginning of the episode, saying, "Oh yeah, Kevin has a question. We're gonna, we'll see if you can get that one." And then I texted you while it's halfway through, it, and you're like, "Yeah, I think we do get around to it," and you never did. So you just like. I felt like I was baited into listening to the entire episode. Just oh personally, so I was. <laughs> it was a good one though. Like I, 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 I listened to almost every episode that you guys have put out there. Oh my god, thank and you. And I never listened to it. So, <laughs> if you listen to your own podcast, that'd be weird. That's true. That's true. I mean, I've listened. I listened to the beginning of my previous episode every time before I record a new one for this, mm -hmm. just so I can like catch the vibe of it again uh but if you listen to the whole thing like what, what you already experienced it why would you listen to it again that is true. That is uh but i was listening to it and um you have uh, a quote which i honestly i think i might get tattooed onto my body uh just to, so i can point to it and and uh give you some shit back for it uh, if you go to episode 17 of the PR show, and we'll link it in the show notes, scroll to about 27 minutes in, Richa says the phrase, I love arguing about anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I know it's true though. And I think that, I think that is a contributing factor into uh, yeah. you, like you're, you said you don't like authority and also just you calling me out on things 
is a way of arguing where like I would say a thing and honestly most of the time I would never like I kind of forgot the authority that I had a lot of times where it was just like no I just want to do this thing like you guys can say no and like people wouldn't say no and people kept not saying no and then you would say no (laughs) oh my god yeah that is true now that I think about it I mean probably the biggest one of the biggest reasons that I would try to like pick fights with you is because I did want to fight with someone (laughs) And I definitely, you reciprocate, you never reciprocated in the beginning, but towards the end, we like, I guess now you kind of indulge me a bit and we fight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, especially once you, uh, once you took over the committee for the, for the 25th birthday party, you, uh, definitely would come up with things and you'd like ask me things and I would just be your naysayer at all times yeah like roles were reversed then exactly it was weird okay I think also the fact that you were president but we both started out together was also why I was just like it's just Kevin like I don't care what he says true which is I also kind of had that like I had that like, I don't want, it's not not a chip on your shoulder, but like I had that shadow looming over me at all times where I always felt inferior because like, yeah, I was president, but I ran unopposed and I felt like I had to prove myself at all times because if I wasn't perfect, uh, then I was a disappointment, which is definitely a whole can of worms that we don't need to get into right now. Uh, I will say just because you mentioned that I will say you were perfectly qualified and I think that's what what we we all wanted you to be president so I mean, maybe yeah yeah so but anyways yeah I think yeah imposter syndrome is real I think it really cool. is for sure mm-hmm. um all right well I don't know if you just heard that but the class bell rang and it's it's time to get to our next class uh we've definitely done history class already so we're just gonna skip that one uh, we're going to go over into geography and um, I guess you're, you're currently in Houston, correct? I'm in San Antonio. San Antonio. I, I've lived in the Midwest my entire life. Those are right next door to each other, right? Uh, we're close. Oh, are they really? Yeah, like three hours. Okay. See, you lived in the Midwest too long because I feel like three hours doesn't count as close for a lot of people. <laughs> but in Texas, things are really far away here. That's true. It's so big, you know, everything's so big there. It's so big in Texas. (laughs) I just moved here. Oh, okay. See, now I feel better. Wait, did you live in Houston though? Oh, I lived in Atlanta. I know. Okay. Why did I think Houston then? (laughs) Okay. A lot of our friends are in Houston right now who work for Exxon. Maybe. No, I knew that you just moved from Atlanta. Come on, Richa, I visited you in Atlanta. I knew that you didn't. I thought the only place you had ever lived, I thought you had already, doesn't matter. That's, we're moving on. Uh, and I'm in Davenport, Iowa. Um, and clearly that geography has made it more difficult uh, for us to be interacting on a super regular basis and you calling me out on stuff. Um, we've we've had zoom calls and phone calls and things is there is there anyone like do you have other people that are nearby you that you now give shit to instead of me yeah i guess my family 
yeah. I, I remember, <laughs> I guess this might have been a habit that I picked up at school because I give shit to my sister and my parents about every little thing. I'm like very good at critiquing them. And they're like, why do you come here? I also didn't have anything to do when I graduated and before I started working. Mm -hmm. And I remember them telling me that, like, they're like, you critique every little thing. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, so my, my, my parents, we've been in quarantine. So I guess they've kind of taken over for you by proxy. Okay. And uh, I guess we'll we'll merge these classes. This is both a history and a biology class or a geography and a biology class now. Is anyone else, do you have a family history of of having this like critique thing? Is this a part of your of your family's kind of culture dynamic? Um yeah. No, I I would say my mom critiques me on a lot of stuff. My, my mom did, yeah, but not my dad. Like he doesn't care. In his eyes, I can do no wrong. And what are what are but, your yeah, I think like you said, you were critiquing your sister a lot. Does your sister uh, or your brother or anything or? Yeah, like really, sister. it's also, I think it was just my sister and my parents. My sister and my parents, I would critique both of them. I don't know why I left my brother alone. He's so small. I, I don't like to mess with him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would critique that. My sister, I would critique her all the time about like, school and internships and stuff like that and I would just think I'm this queen of internships and I know everything and like what the right thing is for her to do and yeah I mean all kinds of stuff like cleaning whenever anyone who knows me knows that I'm a notoriously like anyone who's lived with me knows that I'm notoriously like messy and I would just critique her on anything and everything that even I didn't do my parents I would try to teach them how to parent like I was just so bored and I would critique them on things being so yeah, definitely not proud of that. So uh, I don't, I wish I knew the episode number. I should know this. Uh, there's an episode of the PR show that has me on it. Mm -hmm. And I think the name of it is maybe episode, it's, it's somewhat early on, but not super early on. Uh, it was definitely, I feel like you guys weren't recording. I think you were both recording fully virtual. I think it was mm -hmm. post, post quarantine, like yeah. post lockdown. Yeah. Uh, but I think the name of the episode is something like older siblings, older big sisters are the best, yeah, big, big sisters are the best. Uh, so yeah, go find that episode. We do talk about something, we talk about birth order uh, mm -hmm. on that episode. And I'm wondering if birth order has, like you are, you are the eldest sister mm -hmm. and yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't, I, I, what we were discussing with birth order, wouldn't that be like, stereotypical oldest child is like they're the one that's like in charge and they're yeah. acting like a third parent that sort yeah, of thing no, for sure I get that all the time and even from my little brother I get this like literally on a daily basis like him telling me like you're not my mom <laughs> and I try to boss them around all the time I try to convince them that I'm like their guardian but anyways that's another story I am their legal guardian now though you you are yeah if something happens to my parents I take that responsibility very seriously um, how, how old are, you, are your siblings? My brother is 16 and my sister is 18. So it doesn't matter for <laughs> that long. <laughs> so uh, your sister's a legal adult and yeah. your brother's almost there. So you probably won't. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, it is for sure. I think that's what it is. This is like, I kind of came back to living with my family after five years of not living with them and I kind of 
just assumed this role of being like the older, wiser third parent. Old, you're so old, so wise. In twenty, what twenty three when you move back? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. I think I, I think that's the reason why I probably was doing the same to you. Oh my god, you're also a younger sibling. I am a younger sibling. Yeah. <laughs> older sibling oh my god do you think that like played into me picking on you well okay so maybe a little bit but I I feel like I didn't you were playing the older sibling role but I don't know was I playing the younger sibling I was playing the younger sibling role I I had uh success of like I was I was in a position that I was like really excited about and uh, you were being like, you ain't shit. You don't got this, come on, <laughs> you know? And uh, maybe I was a little, a little snotty about it. Was I oh snotty? God. Was I snotty? Were you snotty? A little bit, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Um, wow, this is some good analysis. That was pretty good. Did you come up with that or did I? um we did it together yeah we did it together <laughs> for sure good job teamwork um all right so the bell just rang again and i really need to figure out what the name of this class is i keep calling it career prep class is is did you have like that kind of class like the the class where you take yeah. the test and it tells you that you should be a doctor uh yeah. yeah but i forget what that class was called yeah we would have these like mentoring groups yeah. I forget what it was called though. Okay, so uh, we're in that class, whatever that class is called. If you know what it is called, listener, uh, go to www.kevinhasapodcast.com, uh, fill out the form to send in a question to the show and please tell me what it is. Or if you're listening to this show, it probably means you know who I am, just text it to me because I really wanna know what the name of this class is, but we're gonna call it career prep class. Um, and so I guess, what, what do you do as a career for the listeners? I'm an engineering program manager at a tech company. Yeah, so uh, being like in, in that program management, engineering technical field sort of thing, do you think, do you think your ability to, I'm gonna say nitpick, I feel like nitpick has a vibe to it uh, that I don't intend, but uh, we're gonna say nitpick, kind of see the details um, and not be afraid of the confrontation of a potential improvement. Do you think that makes you better at that job? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, would, I would definitely think that would. Yeah, I just I think that idea and this was hard for me, but I think I fell into it a little bit more naturally just because I'm used to taking authority over things, I suppose. Yeah. And so I guess problem with authority and yet she likes authority for herself. I know. Oh my God, I'm a bad person. But anyways, <laughs> it helps in this context. So I taking authority over a product um in this some sense. ownership over it ownership of that yeah I think that was easier for me and obviously like I'm a big I'm very confrontational with everyone I say like what's on my mind so I think it's easier I mean it's still I'm I, I'm brand new so I've just had some hurdles to like jump over and it's been like harder than I'm used to but I think it, it, it's easier for me just because it's naturally like comes a little bit more natural than other folks that communication style and, I and guess you could say yeah. How has uh, being kind of entirely virtual or you know, 
being entirely virtual from the pandemic uh, and that kind of affecting, sure, there are Teams calls or you can send out an email or whatever. Um, do you think that is something that you're still getting used to because it's not like a face-to-face -face, quote confrontation, but rather something over a webcam or in an email? Yeah, for sure. I think it would, I personally think it would be, it's always easier for me to do things in person. But to be honest, I think it helps a lot of people that it's virtual and over email. I'm yeah. kind of that likes things that are done. Like we're gonna sit in a room, we're gonna hash this out. I'm gonna like, you know, tell you what's up. But I, now I've realized that, you know, the more that I get to know other folks that that kind of situation really makes people nervous and really, I mean, in that sense, it's, it would just, I, and maybe it's been this in the past, like someone is, you know, kind of a victim there, like when they're just being not yelled at, but like kind of confronted and, and they are not able to really express themselves in the way that they really feel. So I think doing it virtually actually prevents that to some extent, just because you, you're, I mean, you're yeah. not put on the spot as much. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. For me, I thrive on the spot. I love being on the spot. I like doing things in person. I mean, even unmuting myself is like, it makes me realize that like, oh, this whole time, like when I talk, I don't even think about it. I just say whatever. But it's like, also, I think it's, it's given me perspective that, you know, it's really important to be respectful towards people just because this model works better for them. And they're able to like, you're actually able to have a productive conversation because they, they're able to think about, you know, reflect on what happened about, you know, whatever, whatever the issue is, and, and they're able to give a proper response. So for me, it's like, it's a little harder, but I think, to be honest, I think it's better in the long run, because it's, it's better for some people. Are you one of those people that will like, may, and maybe this is a, a company culture thing that you just kind of follow. Like, if you were to join a video call, or just a, like a call on your computer, mm -hmm webcam on webcam off what kind of person are you I am definitely webcam on person if I'm not late like I'm so lazy so like a lot of days I like don't get dressed up um but if I if I, it's like a normal day where I'm like dressed up and ready to go always video like if I'm webcam appropriate then I'm my <laughs> webcam usually on is that something will you be the person that are you like the person that drags everyone else to turn on their webcam yeah, sometimes I'm the first person. Other times I'm not though. Like it's, I think I'm just around a lot of people who are like that as well. Okay. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my meetings default to camera off unless it is a group that just like you always have your camera on. Like I, I have a, uh, a subcommittee on an employee resource group that I'm in and we always just have our cameras on because that's just like the precedent that we set back in April. <laughs> and now we just know that, but like so often it's just camera off. And I had uh, a manager of a manager at one point who he always left his camera on because it made him focus more where it was like, if he knows some people are watching him, mm -hmm. but that definitely, it feels more vulnerable to have that. And I could see that making other people kind of shut down a little bit and feel feel like they're more quote on the spot. Yeah, yeah, for some reason when you're in person, you're not as conscious of the way you look. And cause that, I don't know why, but like when you're on Zoom, it's like you constantly have to be on if your camera is on. 
I, think I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm not able to see who's looking at you. You can't see who's looking at you, but also you have a mirror face. Like you, you can see what exactly what you look like. If you're just yeah. sitting in a conference room, like you don't see that you look kind of derpy and you're not paying attention. But when you have that camera right facing back, you, it's like how in bars, how they put mirrors behind the bar. Yeah. That way patrons don't get like angry and throw something at the bartender because they're reminded oh. of what they look like. I didn't realize that's why they do that. It's, I, maybe it's not necessarily get angry at the bartender. Maybe it is. It, there's something on there is where it makes you like, it makes you self-reflective based on the fact that there's literally a reflective thing pointing yeah. back at you. For sure. Oh, that's a really good idea. Whoever came up with that. I, some saloon owner, probably. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is a good point too. So yeah, I, it, it, that's, I mean, I think that honestly just being conscious of yourself is what causes like Zoom fatigue. Yeah, I could see that. Though, mm -hmm. is that, so I'm in some, I'm in some grad classes this semester and they go from 6 p.m. to 9.40 p.m. Mm -hmm. And I don't even turn on my Zoom, like my camera's not even on for that. Mm -hmm. And I am so exhausted by the end of it. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't know if the Zoom fatigue is 100% that. That definitely contributes, though. Yeah, 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 it could be. I mean, it could just be like sitting there and listening and having like a singular screen. Yeah, it's I could tough. see that. Real tough. All right, well, what other class do we have? Um, I guess we, I didn't prepare a secret, a surprise class for you um like i historically have so we're gonna go into uh some recess time right before we hop on the bus and we head out um recess you know it's fun and games all over the place uh were there were there any games that you played as a child or that you like to play now that you think you benefit from for being a little bit more confrontational oh interesting okay i'm trying to think games that I like to play now. I love playing Taboo. And for some reason, I hate playing charades because I can't speak in charades, <laughs> but in okay. Taboo, I can't speak. So I think that is like the biggest thing. I'm just way more verbal. I'm like a verbal person. Um, I'm not able to express myself really. I don't really have much control over my body movements and things like that. It's kind <laughs> of just like defaulted. I don't even think about it. Like, but verbally, like I'm able to think fast. See, I'm able to express myself. Yeah, you feel comfortable in expressing yourself verbally and therefore <laughs> taboo, not charades. Yes. Wow, cool. Yeah. What a good answer. Thank you. I'm a good interviewer. <laughs> good interviewer, good interviewee, absolutely. Uh, well, I guess that it means it's time oh, to I hop. Guess, yeah, good interviewee, that's what I meant to say. Eh, I've been on the other side of your interviews though too, so we'll go with that too. Uh, but it is time to hop on the bus. They've lined up, they're in a row. Um, do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, another podcast, a Twitter account, a nonprofit, anything? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, donate to UNICEF, guys. Love UNICEF. We need to help help the kids in the world. Um, yeah, I'm a big big proponent of UNICEF. Um, and then. Yeah, you can listen to my podcast if you want to hear more of my voice. Um, it's with Kevin and my friend, Paul. He's my co-host. And we've also had Kevin on before. We should have you on again, Kevin. Yeah, you, you should. 
I don't know what we talked about, but something good. Yeah. We can maybe, we can <laughs> talk about maybe, you know, whatever you do at John Deere. Yeah, we'll, we'll workshop that off, off air. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, with all of that, I'll, I'll throw some links into a UNICEF donation link and to Rich's podcast. Find it wherever you found this podcast. And uh, glad to have you on the show, Richa. Glad we, we learned why you do that. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to be a guest on a future show, or if you have a question for a previous guest, head on over to www.kevinhasapodcast.com and fill out the forms there. Thanks.